Crisis communications is something that we rarely think about until we actually need it. Uh, if 2020 has proven anything, it's that a crisis can and will happen anytime. Some examples may include, oh, I don't know, COVID or fires or an injury in the winery or a tank spill or something along those lines. So how you react can be a make or break situation. So it's better to, to be prepared and think of solutions now rather than think of uh, a solution later when you have to engage panic mode. So on today's show, we chat with Doug Levy, who is a personal friend and an expert in this field. He's written a book on the topic. He and I discuss what you should do before, during, and after a crisis, and really think about what we should do as an industry to prepare. So without further ado, on with the show. Welcome to Hit The Bottle Podcast, a show for beverage sales and marketing professionals looking to up their game and further their careers and businesses. Viewed through the lens of strategy, technology, and leadership, we explore everything from digital marketing, e-commerce, brand building, public relations, and much more. Each week, we chat with industry experts and leaders, explore practical applications, and discuss what's happening in our world. Our goal is to provide you with the insights and strategies you need to create successful marketing programs. Now it's time to hit the bottle. So my next guest is a good friend and someone I highly respect. He's spent his career in the middle of emergencies, bringing calm to chaos. He's been a firefighter and emergency medical technician, lawyer, award-winning reporter, and communications executive at three top universities. It's a pretty impressive resume. In 2018, he published his first book titled The Communications Golden Hour, the essential guide to public information when every minute counts. So today we're going to be talking about crisis communications, which is a topic that has proven quite important in 2020. So welcome to the show, Doug Levy. Delighted to be here. Thanks a bunch for being here. Um, so yeah, crisis communications has turned out to be something that I've been working on a lot um, in 2020, and I'm sure you have as well. So let's actually start off easy and let's, let's, let's define what crisis communications is. A crisis is anything that interrupts the normal flow of your day-to-day -day operation. It could be a physical emergency. It could be like a fire or flood or pandemic. It could be an information emergency where either a false story or an actual news story gets out about one of your executives or your property or your products, and you have to respond to that information issue. It could even be something that has nothing to do with your own company or your own organization, but maybe your neighbor's place burned down. That's still a crisis for you, even if it's not your crisis. Right. So, um, you know, my, my assertion to all of my clients is that preparation is key when it comes to crisis communications. 
So I, I think you probably agree. So what are the things that uh, people can do to prepare for crises before they actually happen? Well, thing number one is don't freak out. A lot of people don't have crisis plans because they think it's a big deal. And the fact is, the planning that you do to be prepared for a crisis is part of what you should be doing to run your business anyway. Everything you do to prepare for a crisis will make your business better. It doesn't take away from things you should be doing anyway. So that's the starting point. And then the next part is just think about what has to happen when there's an emergency. You can't pre-script every scenario, and you shouldn't. That's a waste of time. But in every emergency, you're going to need to have somebody authorized to make decisions. You're going to need to know how to reach people. You're going to need to know who's got the password for the Twitter account or the social media feeds, who can change the website, how you're going to operate if people can't physically get into the same place. These are all issues that can be and should be and must be thought through in advance. If you don't, you may, you may have no way of dealing with whatever's happening. Right. So I often go through that process as well um, with clients. And you know, one, of the, one of the most important things is, is to make sure that your spokespeople are trained um, to respond to crises. So like, what are your suggestions on, on that process? This depends on your audience. Part of emergency planning is really thinking through who needs to hear from you right now. So if you're in the wine business, you have your employees, you have your investors, you have your customers, your distributors, your retailers, restaurants, your individual consumers, your neighbors, government officials, regulators. Every one of those is an audience. Depending on the situation, one or more of those audiences may be more important than the other. You have to have a process for figuring that out and then making sure that you're getting the right message to the right people at the right time. Part of that means having people who know how to do that. You, know, you don't want a random person talking to your state lawmakers, but you don't necessarily need the chief executive to be doing all of that either. You should think it through. And train, practice. Practice is yeah, really so important. Training and practice, absolutely. So um, would you advocate for designating kind of a crisis team with any, with any, any company? Depends on the size of the organization. I think mm -hmm. these days what's really important is everybody at every level should have familiarity with what your company considers a crisis and understand that there is a procedure for responding. It's very important that, you know, whether it's the most junior person all the way up to the top knows, hey, I saw a social media message that, you know, about a problem with one of our products, who should I tell? You don't want things like that to be ignored, but you also want to make sure that whoever is handling it is handling it the way that you want your company to be reflected. So in some cases, that's just an alert system internally. 
Right. So how do you, I, I often find that that's where things break down is that, you know, the, the, the person on the ground isn't um, trained or informed well enough to actually have that response. They, so they start running around and panicking and fig, trying to figure out like who to talk to. So how do you suggest that, you know, companies communicate this? How do you suggest companies prepare for this? That's a great question. And in fact, some of the most horrendous failures that I've seen um, have been organizations. There was one where there was a very well-developed plan, but it had been circulated by email and nobody had ever practiced the plan. And there wasn't even a meeting to talk about the plan. It's like literally the leadership team distributed it and thought that was all they needed to do. And unfortunately, a real emergency happened and it went very, very badly. And everything that went wrong would have been addressed in the plan if anybody knew that it existed. So the big documented plan is not the important thing. In fact, a good, a good crisis plan should probably fit on an index card. It's mm. mostly who to call and when. So awareness of what is a crisis is mm -hmm. absolutely the most important. Understanding that it is not the sort of thing where these crisis people come in and take over, because that's mm -hmm. not going to work either. You mm -hmm. have to have everybody able to pitch in if there's an emergency. So yes, you want to have specialty training. The folks that are going to be on camera absolutely should get some specialized media training geared mm -hmm. toward your emergency plan. Absolutely, yeah. But everybody at certain levels should at least be able to jump into the other roles because if there really is an emergency, you may not have all the right people where you want them and you've got to work with whoever you've got. That's an excellent point. I can almost guarantee to you that like there's a lot of, especially wineries, wineries and breweries out there that, that aren't prepared for any kind of crisis. Um, you know, and things happen, you know, tanks rupture, you know, injuries on the floor happen. Um, I've, those are things that I've all, that I've run into um, throughout my career in the, in the wine business, not infrequently, which is kind of sad, but, but in, in almost every case, people just don't really know how to respond. What else should people consider when putting together the plan? It's hard to absolutely believe this until you live it but mm -hmm. many organizations have crises and come out better i have That's seen true. even hospitals where bad things have happened but they've wound up with more community support a better reputation because of how they responded effectively when something bad happened small businesses have a have an edge because most small businesses, I mean, you're, you're with your neighbors. You're, you're, you've got, you know, you've got competitors that are your friends. You're part of a community. Frenemies. Exactly. But that's, that's <laughs> something that can work to your advantage, provided that you, you operate with integrity. And if you, if you embrace the bad situation and deal with it, it's always going to be better than ignoring it, thinking it'll go away. <laughs> One of the reasons that my book is called The Communications Golden Hour is that the way organizations react to 
whatever the crisis may be, in the initial minutes, almost always determines whether they will come out the other end with a good outcome. And I, I and that that actually refers to both you know lives and property as well as reputation. And that doesn't mean you need to be like telling everybody all the details about what happened. In many cases, the first thing you're going to say after an emergency or when an emergency happens is, "Hey, we we just got the report. We're looking into it. We'll get back to you." But you've acknowledged that there's a concern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And especially if you're in a larger organization where you have a lot of employees. Mm-hmm. Communicating about a crisis to your internal team is critically important and so frequently forgotten. Well, internal communications in general is often forgotten in a lot of large corporations. The best way to prevent a crisis is to have an internal team that understands who you are, what you're doing, and what the company stands Mm -hmm. for. And the more that you have people feeling like they're connected, the less likely you are to have a problem down the road. Right. One of the things that you cover in your book and something that is, you've kind of established a reputation for is using social media um, as a communications tool for uh, crisis communication. So how did you come about to that? And like, how does it work? It started, I guess, in the early days of Twitter when the police department at the university that I was working at at the time was trying to figure out how to improve their communications and they were going to create a whole new system and as I worked with them to understand what they needed which was mostly they needed a way to let people know you know evacuate the building or stay away or whatever creating a separate system was not going to work especially in the environment that we were working in so what we needed to do was find out where were the people we were trying to reach already engaged. And at that time, Facebook was dominant, Twitter was emerging, and it was pretty easy to figure out that Twitter was going to be a pretty effective way to reach a lot of people very quickly. Mm-hmm. So you, you find out where your audience already is, and you go there. Here's a message from our sponsor. Yeah, I mean, Twitter really emerged as um, as a news vehicle, like during the Arab Spring, um, you know, issues uh, several years ago. And today, you know, I, I kind of view it as mostly used for that. You know, it used to be just kind of inane conversations with folks, but now there's a lot, quite a bit of um, important information news, and you know, for that matter, brand um, information shared on that. Absolutely. And it's also a place where you can kill your brand if you're not careful. Um, (laughs) There are quite a few crises that result from an errant tweet. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's that's something that should be part of your crisis planning. In fact, you know, how are you protecting your Twitter handles and so on? But um, Twitter is absolutely the best vehicle right now for official information to get to the news media. Uh, it is also a tool that the news media uses to reach people who have information, whether they're officials or others. Right. So you you have to 
look at Twitter. You can't count it out, even if it's irrelevant to your brand marketing. Uh-huh. Twitter is an essential channel for emergencies, no question about it. Um, Facebook is complicated and may or may not be useful. Mm-hmm. So then... Would you advocate that like somebody is like always monitoring the Twitter feed for a particular company? Monitoring social media for brand mentions or other keywords that are important to you is probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. What's nice is that there are a lot of tools to make that mostly automated. And I think it would be wise for every organization to do that. I think in particular, when there's an emergency or any kind of a crisis, you step that up and actually have a live person mm-hmm. monitoring social media. And in fact, uh, the last live fire incident that I was involved mm-hmm. in, um, I had exactly that. I had one person whose only job was social media listening. Yeah, so then you can respond quickly to anything that comes up because uh, often of times people start to fill in the gaps on their own. Like they exactly. don't have the so information. You, yeah. You you want to you want to correct misinformation, but the reality is that in many emergencies you may get information from the outside faster than from the inside or official sources. So if you're really trying to find out what's going on, you at least need to be aware of what people outside are saying. They may be wrong, but you need to know. So, okay. So like, let's say that that first kind of hour of the crisis has passed um, and people are starting to figure out, you know, what it is that needs to be done or has been done. Okay. So what are, what do the next several hours look like? I mean, you know, how, you know, a crisis just doesn't end, Right you know, a crisis is ongoing. So like, you know, what, what do people need to do or prepare for that? So there, there's a difference between a crisis that is sort of a one moment thing, because Mm -hmm. then you're probably going to be into recovery phase, maybe eight hours later, maybe sooner, maybe a little bit longer. If it's a long duration emergency like COVID-19, that's a whole other ball of wax. Very true. um, Which challenges people under any circumstance. But um, first thing is to make sure that you are addressing actual hazards to life or limb or property. Mm-hmm. So are your people safe? Is your property safe? Are your customers okay? That should always be at the top of the list. And mm-hmm. you're not necessarily going to have that resolved in the first hour. Hopefully in the first hour, you know who's responsible for that. After that first hour, so in in the first hour, you've acknowledged that something's happening. You've provided whatever information is verified that you can. You're clear about whose emergency it is, because that's another way to create a crisis where you don't need one. If you wind up giving information that isn't yours to give out, you may open up a situation that you really don't want to be involved in. I mean, if it's a if it's a fire across a community, your job is not to tell people what the boundaries of the fire are or where people should evacuate to. Right. Your responsibility is your property, your employees, mm-hmm. your customers. Mm-hmm. What do they need to know? Right. We're closed because the road's blocked off for the fire equipment. Stay away. Right. Period. And and you're going to have a lot of that 
in the subsequent hours. But you need to be, you know, once you get into that second hour, you do need to start thinking about, okay, what do we do to clean up from this? What do we do to recover? How do we, what's going to need to happen before business resumes as normal? Are there repairs? Are there people who need to be hired? Is there some official process that has to happen? Figure those out. Those may or may not be part of your communication. But you do need to know about them because you don't want to put out a statement saying, we're going to be open tomorrow. If you have regulators who are going to come by and say, yeah, your building's condemned. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that would definitely be a bummer. Um, So, I mean, you know, uh, that's a great point. And... So, in addition, you know, I've I've, I've noticed that um, people tend to like gum up certain channels um, where you know things might be important to communicate. You know, like using a hashtag that maybe the the first responders are using to inform people of doing something, but other people are using it to like spread information that might not might not be correct and or might you know be inappropriate for the timing of that. Well, that's also where some advanced planning is a good idea. So for one thing, if you're in an organization, a company where crises happen, hospitals, fire departments, police departments, you know, any kind of government agency, those are all entities that, you know, the business is crisis. So you can actually pre-plan for some of those scenarios. And the key part there is people should know ahead of time where to go to get information. And it could be go to Twitter and follow this hashtag that you've pre-planned. But you made a really important point. You don't want to just glom on to whatever hashtag other people are using. That may or may not be helpful for you to achieve what you need to do in an emergency. Is your information relevant to everybody? It might not be. Okay, so going back to the, the idea of cleanup, you know, it was one thing to actually go through the process of doing that. Then, like, how do you do follow-up? How do you communicate? What process should there be? For instance, like, let's say, you know, you want to have a, have a statement for the media or you want to, you know, inform the media of what really happened and tell your side of the story. Like, what, you know, what we what we suggest for that in terms of like, okay, you're in the midst of cleanup or you're getting past that. And like, when do you then communicate and how do you communicate? Early and often. I mean, the truth is that uh, if you don't tell the story, somebody else will, and they'll usually be wrong and it'll be damaging to you. So you must control your story. You do that by telling people your story. Again, it doesn't mean spilling the beans on something that's going to wind up in court someday, but <laughs> you must have a, a lawyer who understands the difference between business preservation, reputation management, and protecting your legal responsibility. Right. I've worked on plenty of cases where, yeah, we'd win in court, but we wouldn't have any customers because the position we'd have to take to defend this suit would be absurd. Yeah, it costs money. It sucks. There's lots. I mean, hey, you know, I went to law school. I'm licensed in Maryland. But there are a lot of lawyers who are happy to file frivolous lawsuits. It's a real problem in our country. It's the reality. Your communications decisions have to be made with that in mind. You don't want to create liability where there is none. But you also want to make... Yeah, so an attorney should be involved in your 
crisis communications. Absolutely. Um, You you need to pre-plan for who must see the communications before it goes out. And whoever's in that chain has to understand you don't get three days to review this. You get maybe three minutes because it has to be quick if it's a real crisis. And this is also where choosing the really right words is important. When I'm working with law enforcement, uh, and, and you know, this is the mentality in law enforcement, so it's usually not too heavy a lift to get people to realize that the statements have to be factual and without anything else. So, Without you know, editorializing. Without editorializing and without jumping to any conclusions. Officers arrived on the scene and found a deceased man with what looked like a gunshot wound. Facts. Right. Not talking about right. how the person got shot. Right. Which has right. to be part of an investigation. Yep. The coroner has to let people know how it went and all that. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got, let's say you've got a product recall. Mm. Now, there are plenty of situations where you need to, or the, the prudent thing to do is a recall, even if it's not legally required. You, you do it because it's the right thing to do. How you describe what you're doing is really important, both because you want your customers to trust you and you don't want to be creating liability where it may not properly rest. Now, again, I'm not giving legal advice here, but giving the facts is usually safe. Out of an abundance of caution, we're recalling the product. There was a report of a tampered package we're investigating, or the authorities are investigating. We're doing the recall just to be sure. You're not right. saying there was a tampered package. Right. You're saying there appears to be, and we're doing an there investigation. W- there, you know, we had a report of. Right. Yeah, so in many cases, I think that you know we all have the inclination to want to respond to something like instantly. I mean, that's the kind of... Um, society we live in right now is that everything has to be instantaneous. Um, but it's okay to tell people or reporters saying we're looking into it. We'll get back to you. Absolutely. Acknowledge, acknowledge the concern or the question because the absence of acknowledgement is what will get you into trouble, Mm -hmm. but never speculate. What I try to get people to do is literally within the first five minutes of a major situation should be your first communication. You know, if you're a police department, officers are responding to a report of an incident at whatever, please avoid the area. You you don't even say what the incident is because you don't want to create alarm until you have an idea of what it actually is. You know, same thing with companies. It's like, you know, we're we're getting calls about our new product. We're looking into it. Stay tuned. And then, of course, you have to be sure to come back with the information. Yeah, that's the key point, isn't it? Okay, so hey, this has been a great uh, conversation. Before we before we wrap up here, are, do you have any closing thoughts? And um, also, if you could share like how people can get a hold of you. Happy to. So um, I think what this year has proven for us all is that crises of all kinds really can happen to any of us or all of us. And the more you think ahead the easier it's going to be. And, and again, it's not exhaustive pre-planning. That's not, I mean, you know, there are probably consultants who sell huge projects, 
that's not necessarily what you need, but you do need to think ahead. It will make your business stronger. And I, I mean, this is my favorite topic. So if anybody wants to find out more about my work, I'm at uh, DougLevy.com. And I uh, hope to hear from people. And, and your, your book is available there as well as on Amazon. And, and uh, uh, actually, uh, you, you can order it from your favorite local bookseller. Excellent. Excellent. So, my friend, thank you so much for being on. This is uh, something that we've been exploring a lot lately um, internally at, at Balzac. And so um, I appreciate you um, chiming in and, and giving your thoughts on this. It's a really important topic. This has been Hit the Bottle, a production of Balzac Communications and Marketing. You can find past episodes on our website at htbpodcast.com. Drop us a line on social at htbpodcast or send us an email to mike at htbpodcast.com or emma at htbpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. If you like this show, please rate and review in any of the mentioned platforms. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day.